0: welcome to episode 61 my friends i am delighted to have Abdullah Nasser joining me for this episode someone i knew back in dubai that's where he is still located and we were lucky enough to coordinate our time zones if you've ever tried to do that it can be a hassle so we were lucky to get this going always a pleasure catching up with good humans like Abdullah. Uh, he just published this book called the corporate which you should go out and grab It was phenomenal to read, and I am delighted to share this information with you guys. Anybody in corporations, especially multinational corporations, should get in on this book. Enjoy this chat. I hope it helps you get 1% better, especially if it does. Feel free to share it with somebody you know, and leave a like, rating, review, all that good stuff, and we look forward to hearing from you without further ado. Abdullah Nasser. Unique. <laughs> hey, we are live. Bono stuff here with Abdullah Nasser.
1: Uh, episode sixty-one, Bono stuff. Before we begin, if you get something out of these episodes, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff helps us grow so we can get more awesome guests <laughs> international out of Dubai. Um yeah. so <laughs> let's check in here. Uh big big reason we wanted to touch base is you wrote this book called the corporate the art of thriving in a competitive talent market i have my actual physical copy I'm in Hermosa beach los angeles uh you are in dubai this is an international yeah. venture <laughs> and uh <laughs> Thank you but yeah we me. definitely want yeah great great to be here and and love love that you're here love the book um wanted to t- definitely touch base on it let's jump right into uh, what prompted you to to put that together
2: yeah it was a long story so I've been trying to write it for about three years and I never thought that I'll be writing a book I think if you ask my friends they'll tell you that oh, Abdullah would never write a book right I've never actually liked writing at all right so so for three years what I've been doing was uh, trying to get as much information from the corporate world. I've been traveling around for like over 11 years over Middle East, North Africa, US, Europe, Asia Pacific. And I took so many different roles in HR and I moved as well a little bit to engineering and oil and gas. But then as I moved through my career, I realized that there are so many like high potential and there are so many people who have really, really good potential to thrive in the corporate world, they kind of have, or they do a lot of mistakes or very common mistakes, or they have that thing that stops them from going to that next level in the largest multinationals in the world. And uh, so I was like, okay, I wanna know what this is. So I try to dive a little bit deeper uh, into it. And uh, I try to interview so many people and leaders around the world uh, to understand why there are people who thrive in corporate world in the corporate world and others who don't. And is it a matter of competency? Is it functional? Is it behavioral? Is it attitude or what is it? Right. And, uh, when I graduated, I wanted to be the top in the first five years. I wanted to be a manager straight away. I wanted to be in the largest multinational. Uh, but then I realized that it's not as easy as it sounds. And I personally love reading so much. book. But uh, I realized when I went into the corporate world, uh, especially in the largest multinational, it's not only about the books you read. And a lot of the books you read are very theoretical and you try to apply it uh, to the corporate world and uh, it doesn't work the way you want to. So I thought of just putting things down, my experience, plus A lot of interviews that I had with so many leaders, like Vice President of Procter & Gamble, Unilever, uh, SAP, Oracle, Microsoft, so many uh, of these largest multinationals, to shed some light and to help people who don't have access to those leaders as to why and how uh, leaders select talent and how to thrive in the competitive talent market. And I've been doing that for three years. I didn't even think of publishing. I was just, you know what, maybe I'll just... Write something down on Instagram. But then uh, one of the weekends, I was like, okay, let me write something down. And I realized that I wrote 3,000 words. And then I was like, okay. And I enjoyed it so much. But usually I don't like writing. But when I started writing about this, I was like, oh, I actually like it. And, uh, and then I kept writing and writing and researching. And uh, three years later, I finished it. And then i was like am i going to publish or or not and you know it's scary right it's like you don't know what how people are going to perceive you when you publish it's like who are you to write a book is like and then you start questioning yourself a lot right you have these insecurities it's like how how are people going to react to it and uh and then uh i was talking to my partner and then she was like of course you have to publish and then uh, i i published so it was, it was a very good journey, and uh, I'm glad that I did, because on the first day of publishing, I saw the publisher calling me, and then they were like, oh, you're a bestseller. I was like, what? They're like, yes, you're an internationally bestseller on the first day. And it stayed like that for a few weeks, and it kept coming and going as a bestseller. And
1: I'm, I was like, wow. So, so I'm happy I did, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing, man. I love the journey. Uh, and I wanted to jump to, spoiler alert, one of the last chapters in the book uh, yeah. for anyone who's going to pick it up. And I do encourage you guys to pick it up wherever you are in the world. Yeah. Um, it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all, all the good, uh, yeah. good, anywhere you get your books. Um, so, yeah. But you talk about the fitness journey. And I know, and I want to definitely hear, uh, and I, I, I'm familiar with your journey. Obviously, uh, we met in Dubai when I was there. <laughs> uh, but I want, I want you to yeah. share with the listeners here. Um, a little bit of you know your journey, and and uh, you can feel free to to uh, you know include the part where, where we met and how I influenced you. Absolutely, um, yeah, hundred uh, percent. But uh, yeah, it, it it was definitely. Um, let's start with with that your journey on the fitness side, and then love okay. on the uh, the importance of that fitness in the corporate culture because that's that's kind of what we're. Where you come in, so yeah, let's touch, touch base on where you know you, uh, I'll, if I can. Uh, you started out overweight, unhealthy, you know, kind of so, in, in this grind yeah. life, right? Um, and then I'll let you mm-hmm. take it from there.
2: Yeah, so I started my fitness journey. So I've always been training. Like I, I remember the day uh, or the date that I decided to start training, and that was the twenty first of June, two thousand and nine. So this is when I started training. And by training, I mean, like I just used to go to the gym. I was a heavy smoker. I used to smoke at least two packs a day. And I smoked for 12 years. And uh, so I started training, just going regularly to the gym. Uh, I liked it, but I wasn't healthy. And that was a problem. I think my perception to being healthy was very different at that time. And then, uh, then I started CrossFit in 2015 so i remember doing the 2015 open and it was my first open i just started like a month ago and i was pretty bad at it but then i saw my friends getting better and but i was a smoker i wasn't really eating healthy i was 115 kgs uh i was a bit like a lot overweight and uh and then i saw everyone having all of these like movements muscle ups handstand push-ups and they're getting healthier and they started competing even like locally but i couldn't because i didn't have the endurance i didn't have that engine i couldn't i couldn't breathe well because of smoking uh and then i moved to dubai and this is where we met so i think that was in 2016 uh when you were a head coach at uh, at Gold Box and and, that, and, that, and i had so many injuries at that time i remember i could not lift my arms without, uh, without pain. And I remember that I could not train without having uh, painkillers. I would take Rufin and then start training. And then that was what, that was terrible. Uh, And then, uh, we started training. You were the head coach and you were helping me as well. And then you saw my, my issues and injuries. I had shoulder injuries. I had back injuries. I didn't, I never stretched when I used to do bodybuilding and uh, never stretched for a second so uh when you started helping me with my shoulder and i remember when you told me that uh it's better not to do the open in 2000 i think it was 2017 or 2016. and then i was so upset and now i realize like why was i upset my shoulders are like thankfully they're so much better they're like i train i do everything that i want right now because of the process because of the help that you uh, guided me with. And until this day, I do these uh, workouts and warm-ups and the big three, f- Stuart McGill, I do the banded work, shoulder activation, all of this work. And I still try to brush my teeth with my left hand. I remember you telling me that. So so this, st- like this transferred to my health in general. And then I remember when you told me to stay away for 12 weeks uh from barbells and we started doing a lot of unilateral stuff right Mm -hmm. and watching all of the guys doing the classes and they're all competing and i was just sitting in the corner doing my uh, my uh rehab work and i was pretty upset at that time i wanted to to go and uh, and join them and compete but then i remember the first day we came back we had a benchmark workout. I think it was the overhead squats and the run. I don't remember what, the, what workout it was. I believe it was it's five Nan- Nancy. Nancy. Nancy, exactly. And that was the first time. You told me, you know what, see how you feel and do it. And then I remember I was off for 12 weeks. And then when I did it, I beat everyone. I was like, I haven't been doing more... I haven't been doing CrossFit for twelve weeks, and I came back stronger. Overhead squats so easy, running so easy, and uh, and then I realized that hey, okay, I started enjoying doing my rehab and doing all the accessories because you know it, it transferred and it carried over to to my wads and everything. And I remember I couldn't do a pull up, and by the end of the end of the end of our rehab, I was doing like more than ten muscle ups. I was like, wow. So so that was. That was my fitness journey until now I train, I do CrossFit, I do Olympic lifting. I try to do a lot of sports. I try to move whenever I I can, like in my office, I'm talking from my office right now. You can see like a C2 bike at the back, Whenever, whenever there is a meeting that I'm not really involved in or listening to something uh, during the day, I just get on the bike, just move a little bit, stretch, uh, do all the office stuff, ergonomics and uh, office stretches that just helps me. And these are the things that I talk about at the book is like, if, if if there are two people with the same functional capabilities, so if you work, whatever, as a web developer, I work as a web developer, but we both have the same functional capabilities, but I take care of my mental and physical health in certain ways. And I know how to incorporate those little things every day, uh, consistently throughout my career. 10 years, 15 years down the line, I will be way, way ahead of you. Uh, Eventually you're going to burn out. You're going to break apart. And this is something that I wanted to, I wanted everyone to know about, Uh, if they're being successful. And especially that when I interviewed so many CEOs and vice president, I asked them about this specific question is like, what do you do? Or do you incorporate things in your day uh, to manage your health and wellness? and all of them said yes but the problem is that they learned that a little bit further down the line so i want people to understand that from the very beginning you can do little things right now that will save you and, and help you avoid so many injuries and but you need to also know who you listen listen to you need to find a right coach you need to find someone who's experienced uh to help you through. Because it's very individual as well.
1: Yeah, man. No, I appreciate you sharing the journey, the privilege and honor for me to be able to, to be part of your journey. I'm so glad we had that those great results. And, uh, again, yes. your story you told is is unfortunately very common. And not everybody yeah. goes down the path of following along. And and uh, as you were talking and, and mentioning how you were – You know, struggling to sit back for those twelve weeks and watch everyone else competing and having fun, if you will, Um, it reminded me of a book called "Ego Is the Enemy." Have you have you heard of that one by Ryan Holiday?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So,
1: and that's what that is at that point, right? It's the ego saying, if I if I don't do anything for twelve weeks, and you know, it's it's I know better, or you know, oh, I I know other people that have been able to train through injury, and and you know, they're fine. They they take all the ibuprofen or whatever, and and by but, but yeah that, that's the, the tricky part for what I do just to, to, to make it all about me for a second um, is is it's, it's it's tricky to convince the lizard brain if you will the the, the most humans that um, investing that little bit and doing this the right way and and right again because it's so confusing and it's like I can get by so again to your point of, of if you know you have two computer developers one of them is taking care of their mental and physical health and the other one is not you know, we can certainly see how that, would, you know, 10, 15 years down yeah. the line, you're, you're, you're making bigger strides and progress um, by being more physically, mentally, uh, you know, aligned and all that good stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And again, I really like the way you, you lay it out in the book. And, and um, jumping over to that concept, though, as from a corporate standpoint, um, I think there's tons of studies. Uh, and, and it's very clear that having healthier, happier employees it makes them more productive and makes the company more, more successful and more profitable at the end of the day, right? Even if, if, if that's all people care about is profits, um, you know, it's, it's a crazy thing of why are we forcing people into this nine to five, you know, I need all these type reports and, and whatever. Um, and again, how many people... Actually love their jobs. It's 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 a rare thing. It's a beautiful thing when it happens but um, But yeah, if we can I think what I drew out of the 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 end of that book especially about the fitness side is if we can um, Incorporate these things that that are allowing you to enjoy taking care of your body uh, And and then therefore that helps the mental health and therefore that helps you perform your job um, because you know every all the foundation of you as a human is 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 laid down and it's solid. Um, that so so the question becomes uh, in your your view of current uh, multinational corporations organizations. Uh, I'm I'm not as familiar with the lingo as you are, obviously, but um, it's at multinational corporations, right? That's the
2: yeah
1: yeah. And even even yeah. the the even the title of your book, the corporate. uh yeah. It, you you refer to that a few times. It's it, it's a little bit of a language or or cultural thing yeah. where uh, I think here in America at least we say the corporation. We don't say yes the exactly. The yeah, yeah yeah So, yeah. 100%. so it it's, it's it was a, it was like a little bit of a an interesting mind yeah. game yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, coming back to it, what do you currently see being implemented? You know, again, I've had the pleasure to visit a company like Google, where they have this incredible campus. They kind of tell people, I don't care what you do. Just, you know, as long as you get your, you know, whatever TPS reports, I don't know what a TPS is, but uh, as long as you have your reports in by Friday at 5 p.m., like that's all we care about. So uh, we're going to give you volleyball courts and we're going to give you gym and we're going to we have trainers, we have yoga classes, we have nap pods, like all these things. And, and you know, they're considered one of the most progressive and, and successful companies in the world. Uh, so, yeah, is that something you've seen kind of infiltrate other corporations? And, and uh, yeah, where are we? changing the, the old methods of nine to five, clock in, clock out, get your work done. You know, where where are we with some of that?
2: So one of the points that changed everything is COVID. Mm. So a lot of companies, so usually what you're talking about is the tech companies. Uh, we're a little bit ahead uh, from all other companies, right? Because they want people... Uh, to drive innovation. They want people to drive customer centricity. Most of their work is not in the office. So you hire a lot of software engineers, you hire a lot of developers, and they can do the job from anywhere, right? So currently I work at Lenovo, but before, before that I used to work uh, in, a, in an oil company, right? It's the largest American oil company. So work was a little bit different. Uh, they used to uh, measure productivity by looking at you working all day. So you punch in, punch out, and uh, this is how they measure your work. They did not think of the output as much, uh, but tech companies, they were way ahead, but because of what COVID did to all of us, they made all other companies act a little bit faster, start remote working and uh, a lot of remote working setup. Uh, they've had to uh, have strong performance metrics. Right. So they needed to measure outputs instead of measuring that number of hours you're working. So this is number one. This is what happened. So before COVID, yes, Google, you have Microsoft, you have Facebook, you have all of these largest tech companies. They were way ahead and they gave all the employees the opportunity to have all of these facilities in the office. And outside the office, like you have memberships, you have so many different uh, things that would help you and your entire family. So it's not only you, it's the entire family to uh, to be healthy, to for all uh, or do so many entertaining uh, activities. Uh, now, I see that everyone, even when you like try to renew your medical uh our medical uh, insurance for the entire region or whatever, you'd always see that health, uh, wellness, there's always, psych, or we call it assistance program. So uh, there are psych- psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, other mental uh, supports that you get because of course COVID. Uh, but now everyone is leaning towards, let's give you more flexibility But we also want to incorporate health and wellness because they understand the consequences of working from home and the being isolated from people so so i've been doing that and actually when i started working at lenovo i was like okay let's test uh a training activity so it was actually a technical training it was not physical training but we had it at a crossfit facility so we wanted the space. We want people to come in casually and we brought the instructor and, and that instructor was teaching everyone on the whiteboard and everyone was just sitting on the floor and while we're talking and after, or yeah, like maybe 30 to 40 minutes throughout this workshop, they started moving. They started doing like light activities and we're still talking about the topic that we were teaching, right? And then right after this workshop, we did a group exercise. So it was like, yeah, let's move these, uh, like, let's go through these obstacles. Let's do these calories on, on whatever equipment. And then, uh, do some, some odd objects and very light and very easy. Right. But as a team, so they all work together to do a certain activity. Uh, it was sweaty. It was tough for some people, but. A lot of people could help each other. And then we could also, we brought in a psychologist to assess a lot of competencies. So we brought in psychologists to assess teamwork, to assess trust, to assess collaboration, right? And it was a, a really cool exercise. And then what we received from those, there were 35 employees and there are senior employees. Some of them were entry-level, so totally different uh, uh, hierarchy. And what we realized is that everyone loved the activity. They could retain... The information for longer, and when the and all of the feedback surveys that we sent out after this activity, they're like, "Oh, this is the best thing that we've done," and now we do it regularly. So it was uh, it was a new method of teaching, but then now it's a regular thing, and uh, they show up every Sunday and uh, they go train together and they have uh, some inform an informative session off-site in the gym and uh and they all now understand
1: their bodies even better yeah man that's oh that's uh pretty fun (laughs) and exciting uh that reminds me of uh, if anyone's interested a similar kind of story Reebok obviously was very involved with the CrossFit sport but they 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 showed some videos where uh, they did that with their company, their, their global headquarters in Massachusetts uh, here mm-hmm. in America. And uh, yeah, everyone from the CEO on down was being involved in these classes. And they really set that culture up around uh, that level of thickness. Exactly. And, and it totally tied in with their brand of, of you know, having mm-hmm. shoes and things like that. Uh, but yeah, another uh, concept, I guess, is, is interesting in terms of the work day, though. And again, you put in your book some exercises that people can be doing throughout the day. Um, and yes. you know, I certainly, when I work with clients, I, I recommend, Hey, do whatever it is, this next stretch every, every hour, you know, if it hits, okay, it's 10 AM. Cool. I'm going to do three of these this way, three of these this way, that kind of, so you're creating the day. Another concept that I've been playing recently myself is, is called Pomodoros. Have you heard of these? I think Tony Robbins, um, I yes. think made a little more popular. Yeah. So you do 25 minutes of your focused flow focus. and work. Yeah. And then you do five minutes of moving around. Maybe you have a specific stretch, push-ups, whatever it is. And uh, so, yeah, stuff like that is is super cool. Um, and then on top of that, like you're talking about having this individualized concept. And I had a a, a guest on uh, many episodes ago now, a girl from uh, I know from high school, and she is a big HR uh, person. And we talked about the concept of again bringing in somebody like me, paying someone like me uh, who. Uh, you know, understands and can work and assess Abdullah, um, you know, uh, and, and I can probably save you maybe not in the next year, but maybe over the next 10 years, uh, X amount of lost time and productivity and injuries because an injury uh, or a surgery might cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So if I can do that for a few employees, uh, why, why would they not be bringing in guys like me who, you know, it's hard to prove that preventative model. That's that's the tricky part back on, on you know, making this about me, sorry, um, <laughs> about about my business. No, that's my that's true. And, and I have an example of that. We have one of our, our
2: regional managers who missed one of the most important client meetings because he could not get out of bed from a back pain. I had back pain when I could not move my toes. So mm-hmm. I totally relate to that. And if I understood what I needed to do in terms of whatever big three couch stretches or mobilization or trigger point ball or whatever QL release or anything, like the things that I know right now, if I have a back pain, I would start doing that even before that. I don't think he would have missed this opportunity. It definitely affected the person's career. It affected the profitability of the organization. So I think that leadership team or any organization leadership team should invest in something like that because the investment is very minimal compared to the risk and the cost that they would uh, that they would uh, have if they don't or if they start losing uh, productivity because of these things. And and the thing is back pain. I feel that I don't know if I read this right or not, but you can correct me, Bo. But one about I think one of out of two people have, that like have 80, the, the,
1: the the statistic is actually closer to. 85 to 90% of folks will miss at least wow. a week of work uh, Yeah, at, in their adult lives uh, because of that. So, yeah, it, it, it affects most people. Um, exactly. and, it, and again, to, to a little bit to your point and, and my passion of helping people avoid these injuries, uh, a lot of people, like we talked about COVID, we're recording this in July of 2021. So uh, we're, we're kind of coming out of COVID. There's still some COVID hanging around. So everyone be safe out there. Uh, but a lot of folks went to running and running also has a 90% injury rate. It's actually one of the most injurious things. So yeah, fitness. I remember uh, when you taught me how to run because I I used to run
2: really (laughs) badly and you taught, taught me pose, pose running and how to, to imagine like
1: I'm holding two very tiny potato potato chips
2: (laughs) while I'm running and I'll try not to
1: break them. So yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that stuck with you. And oh, I still and yeah. remember all of these. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 really it's really an interesting time. And and I guess the question continues to be: Can we? Can these big corporations and and can can we affect these C-suite folks who are probably just focused on profits and convince them that again, bringing in guys like me or personal trainers or health coaches or or. Uh, you know, I think that's the problem is, is it's, it's difficult to infiltrate these types of, uh, old school hierarchy systems, right? They, they, you know, that, that, that's the thing I'm over here talking about science and what works and low back pain has these statistics and running has these statistics, but how do we transfer that to pay me this much for a year to come and work for your company and help you have a hundred employees. I bet yeah, I can improve their productivity. You're going to see from this year to next year if I work with every single one of them, you're going to see an increase of twenty percent uh, of of their productivity, energy. You know, we can do happiness scores because that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. and at the same time, we're going to see decreased insurance costs. You know, in terms of implementation of medical systems. Um, but yeah, it's it's a huge. Is, there's this huge gap, I feel like, and 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 I, I'm certainly trying to figure out how to close that gap from a from a public health standpoint when I'm talking to the public in general, putting on social media posts, and then but also yeah on the corporate side, it's it's you know uh, I've definitely considered it uh, of trying to present these models to big companies, and just to me it's, it's a no brainer. But I think at the same time there's just companies that. I don't know i don't know what they need to see if they need to see you know the language yeah. of the corporations are these profit loss reports and and <laughs> is it do i need to speak almost yes. that that type of language yeah. and um is that what it's going to take or or you know or is it just convincing them that that someone like me knows what the heck they're talking about and and again there's uh i can't vouch for all physical therapists i can't vouch for all personal trainers, That's uh, the but thing, there are trainers. this is what i feel yeah.
2: Right now, thing is now, well, and you, I think you've seen it. I don't know if this is only in the Middle East or it's only in Dubai, but some people just go through a course for three, four weeks and then they become a, a fitness uh, instructor or a CrossFit mm-hmm. coach or a physiotherapist. And those people, I feel that they kind of damage the reputation of everyone else who's actually competent and know what they're doing because they injure someone or they have a... They, 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 they give someone a bad experience, and this is the experience that uh, lasts with that person. And I feel that most of the people in the organizations, they're not educated. Like maybe decision makers as well in organization, they're not really educated in terms of wellness or physical health. They're not. They're not prioritizing it for at maybe at this point of their their career, uh, and they will have to at some point when they don't have a choice. Right when they actually face the injury or. Or the the the, the health uh, issue, but people need a lot of education. I think also as uh, as, a, as a as a as a physiotherapist or as a doctor or whatever, whatever you are doing, I think it's part of your responsibility to create that brand and create that awareness and education. It's just exactly what you're doing right now, right? So you're having this podcast, you have your YouTube channel, you have all of these posts that you that you do. Hopefully, it is reaching those people in organization and people who are, do not have the right or the the, the, the the a good amount of knowledge about about uh, health and wellness. Uh, but I think organizations are changing right now. I think right after COVID, people started thinking about health and wellness more than any more than any other time, and I see it in all multinationals right now. Everyone is thinking about it, so I think it's easier right now to talk to them. And penetrate this uh, the corporate world
1: uh, more than before. That, I, did I lose you there? I lost you for a second. Um, yeah, I think you went on mute for a second. Yeah, sorry about that. Cool, man. Um, I do want to be respectful of your time. We might wrap it up here. But any uh, a where can people check out? I know you built a community around the book. Where yeah. can people find you and, and information about yeah. the book? So there is, uh, my website is called thecorporateofficial.com
2: and you'll find everything on it. Uh, I'm creating, hopefully, uh, I've already created an app uh, and it's going to be launched within the next couple of months. So this will be the next part of the book. So it's going to be huge. uh, Hopefully it will help everyone in the world uh, in their corporate challenges. So that should be out in a couple of months. But for now the corporate you can find the book there you can find all the information about me there you can reach out to me there and uh and yeah uh i'm
1: very excited very exciting about the app and and yeah excited to see where that evolves go out get this man's book the corporate abdallah <laughs> Nasser. um thank you <laughs> and uh we will we will sign off guys again if you got anything out of this hopefully you got at least one percent better some way somehow uh as i say and and you like share subscribe uh share with someone you think will benefit from it that's our main mission here so uh signing off we'll see you guys next time you can stay on good sir we'll